This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio. Preview podcast. Crowdfunded by Palace fans. For Palace fans. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Albert Curley, and you're joining us for yet another, uh, I think it's episode 13 of the esteemed Whole Radio Preview podcast. A uh, bit of a rush one this week. We've got a very limited team. I'll, I'll save that reveal for after the uh, the break. Um, but yeah, we're going to be looking ahead to what has actually become quite a spicy fixture against West Brom this weekend. Um, very spicy, but if you're looking for fireworks, you've come to the wrong place. Okay, well, yeah, like I say, episode 13. Unlucky for some, hopefully not unlucky for us. Although, looking at the game this weekend, it's, you know, there's only one way that it can go, really. You know, Alan Pardew loves winning his first game. So let's all let's all dread that. Um, with me today, it's just, it's it, we've only got this person, you only need one person. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Chris Hambling. Hello there, hello there. Good to be here. Does it feel odd? Do you feel like some sort of traitor? Uh, I just feel, I, don't, I just feel nothing, you know, just an emptiness. Oh. Um, I think it's because T-Bone's not here. He loves being called T-Bone as well. So make sure when you do contact him during the regular sort of season, you refer to him always as T-Bone. Do you, have you considered the fact that during this podcast, you have to do a message to, for myself, for yourself? For the yeah. show on Sunday, yeah, I hadn't considered that until he mentioned it. But I've got a lot to say to me, you know. I'm, well, I've, had know en- I've, had, I've had enough of my antics, and uh, someone needs to tell me how it really is. Does that does that make sentence? Is that I, outside of the live environment? I'm struggling to speak. Well, yeah, this is the great thing. You you could get another go at it. I mean, we're not going to let you have another go at it. No, no, of course, no, of course not. Um, bit of housekeeping before we get too deep into it make sure you head over to hlradio.net forward slash subscribe to ensure that you never miss one of these things ever again shame on you if you do and as the time of recording it is the last day of november so i think that means tomorrow as well as this being available you should be getting the first of the podvent calendar 
podcast. Is that right, Chris? That is right. Oh, and I know who it is. I don't know if we've revealed it. Have we revealed it on social media? I've seen a preview post revealing it, but I think traditionally on an advent calendar type of thing, you reveal it on the day, don't you? Oh, shut up. Are we going to talk about the Brighton game? Yes, we are. Chris was obviously there. I wasn't. I I chose, you know, apart from completely whoring myself out to the BBC all day, I then did a complete U-turn and and completely ignored the game was happening in the evening because I just couldn't face it. Um, it's quite nice to actually turn my phone on and see that it was nil-nil. Uh, Chris, you were there. Yeah, and, you know, talking of whoring yourself out to the media, it's just both of us on the same show. We were the media whores for the day, weren't we? I did the Premier League productions out on the... Uh, Never heard of them. Out on the, they do all the content for uh, worldwide for, for the Premier League. Oh, well, then I um, probably have heard of them. You ha- yeah, they do bits, obviously, for BT Sport and Sky as well uh, in this country. But whoever covers the Premier League in other countries, they do it for that. So my beautiful face will be featured, uh, well, would have been featured already worldwide, which is uh, something to be very proud of, isn't it? Which uh, is a little bit that I had to do for the BBC website. They asked for a picture of me in a palace kit and... I didn't have one, so I spent about 20 minutes <laughs> upstairs trying to get a good one. <laughs> part, of me, part of me is tempted to put a little sort of headshot portfolio together of the ones that could have been there. But um, <laughs> I would enjoy that if someone else. <laughs> it might be, it might go in the calendar, and it might be the uh, Albert Curley Homestyle Radio calendar 2018. But how Stuff. was? Obviously, there's a lot of there's a lot of hot topics surrounding. Yeah. So Stephanie. first. First of all, I want to give a bit of a nod to that. We will cover all the events in a bit more detail. I, I'm not sure whether we're going to do it Sunday with a review show for Westboro. I'm not, sh- I'm not sure it, it, if it needs that or, or a show on its own. It potentially could be a live phone-in show. Um, potentially could get FYP involved in that, as we did with the last live phone-in. I'm, I'm really not sure what we're going to do. I've got a lot of information coming in sort of my way, which yeah, I appreciate. I like the fact that people have got in touch and want to share it with the show. Um, you know, I've got some some people I can't name who've given me some interesting information as well. So, but I just really wanted to sort of first of all give a nod to the game. It was a really tense affair. You know, um, we, we were basically wondering why there were empty seats in the in the away end, and obviously found out later. But it was I thought it was a strong performance from Palace, and it was great to see us get a clean sheet. But it was also there's a lot of frustration in in the crowd with something that we've been talking about quite a lot, which is we were looking at, at, at Wilfred Zaha struggling to get on the ball up front and Ruben Loftus-Cheek struggling to deal with playing out wide. And it was screaming out just for the two to swap over, just just even for a bit to see if it gave us something different. Um, so we, 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 that was that was the only frustration I had for the game. But I think a good away point, and, and again, you look round at the end when the final whistle went and the look on everyone's faces was... Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. You know, we didn't lose. What we feared didn't happen. Okay, we didn't get the the, the huge atmosphere and, and a win that we were we were hoping for. But I think I think it was a lot more fear than than uh, than hope that day. And it was it was good to see us get a point. So pretty pretty well played in the end. A lot of Brighton fans obviously couldn't stomach it till the end because there seemed to be quite a few empty seats in their end, and they all got allowed in. It's it's unbelievable, right? It's unbelievable. They are they're just. There, there were people leaving at 70, 75 minutes. Again, this is this is your, your big rivals. It doesn't matter that nothing happened after that. It could have done. You know, I honestly don't think they understand football. I think most of them are are just there because, you know, it. it I don't know, some kind of 
badge of honour to say, oh, yeah, I'll go to the football when they're talking to Tarquin and Bertrand or whatever it is down the pub. I've gone with Bertrand there. I think in Bertrand Russell, that's... Uh, I'm going to move on from that. But I do I do also want to give a quick, very quick nod to the, the stuff that happened after the game. Um, and well, sorry, before the game, with, with people not getting in. Obviously, it was horrible, and, and my, you know, I hate. I'm gutted for every, anyone who didn't get in, who, who turned up legitimately, legitimately with a ticket and, and didn't get in. You know, I've I've spoken on this show over a number of years about my problems with how football is policed, and you know, I'm I'm not putting the blame squarely on the police. I mean, there, there's a lot of factors at play. So Brighton didn't have any police in the ground. That saves on costs because it's. Well, last time, last I heard, and it's been a few years, it, it was something in the region of sixteen to eighteen grand for a unit of police, and a unit of police is about five people. So obviously, it's a it's a huge cost to police inside the stadium. But if you do that, maybe you stop what happened. You know, you maybe you stop these people being being able to charge in. Yeah, but how many how many inflatable clappers do you get for sixteen grand? <laughs> well, exactly. You've got to exactly. weigh it up, haven't you? <laughs> They they were they were lost without their clappers as well, Albert. I'm telling you, they really didn't, they didn't make any noise at all. Um, but the last thing I just wanted to say, it's interesting to note the the context of the Brighton statement, where it talks about the fact that the the ground the gates were shut after the surge. Well, my information, which again I won't name the source for, is that that the actual shutting of the gates happened prior to the surge that everyone's seen on video. Um, and that there was a there was a incident before that where a gate was opened from the inside, and I don't know who by, and people did get in. But apparently, I, when I am told when the HF arrived at the ground, even those with tickets were told, "You have no tickets for this game. You're going. You're, you're not getting in the ground." And that was the spark for a lot of the trouble. They arrived to to a closed stadium. So whether you choose whether you believe that or not, I don't know. I, you know, again, I I can't. I have no physical evidence that that happened. I'm just re- revealing what I've been told that 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 was one of the sparks for the for the situation. Now there was a lot more that went on that we'll talk about um, another time because there was a whole bunch of unsavoury incidents where, you know, certainly the HF and, and potentially some other fans as well didn't particularly cover themselves in glory. And you know, I think it's quite a big problem. Tend to cover themselves in scarves, don't they? Really, it was mainly mainly scarves and uh, hoodies. Yeah, it's uh, it's certainly going to, I think, affect how, you know, I mean, all eyes are now on the, the fixture at our place and how that gets policed. And I think it's going to have a huge bearing, huge bearing on, on our away support in general. And it's, you know, I'm, I'm personally, I'm, I'm all up for the, the rival, rivalry and the, the jovial banter, but there's, you know, there's, there's lines that shouldn't be crossed. And unfortunately, and again, yeah. whether it's, whether who's it's, you know, they've been encouraged or, you know, provoked, but you know, it's, it's sad to see really. Um, it is. Yeah. Like I say, I'll, I'll get into the details of this when we, when we talk about it more, but just, just to say that there's, I think, I think the, the authorities in policing the game have got to listen to supporters. Oh, I agree. Because supporters can tell you, what the how the, the best way of handling things? See, they, they did one thing right. It was annoying, right? I, it took me two hours to get out the stadium, if you can believe that. It's my most local away game. Yeah, I, you know, I didn't go home till gone midnight. It's, it's it was it was crazy, but they did the right thing by holding Palace fans in at the end. I've I've heard them talk before about holding in the home support so they can get the away fans, and that's just not how it works in football. So they've got that bit right, but there's so much they got wrong, and it's all based on 
poor intelligence and, and one incident really stuck out in my mind where at the end of the game uh, a friend of mine just approached a policeman to ask some directions and the the grief he got and the attitude he got from from just you know you know from someone who's there to police a game and, and you know represent his community all he did was ask him which way to go for the train station and he got absolutely torn to shreds by this policeman it's i think they get really wound up prior to this they're, they're kind of they're expecting the worst and they've got to change that attitude if they and work with fans and i think you'll avoid stuff like this in the future but certainly there's a lot more to go talk about than that just to check he didn't say excuse me you filthy pig which way to the station <laughs> he, he didn't know okay just wanted to, i just wanted to check no, he was uncharacteristically, uncharacteristically polite it was weird well listen talking of uncharacteristically polite i can't even say that <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go to a jingle and then we're going to talk about Alan Pardew and West Brom. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. Okay, you uh, you join us for what ultimately is the purpose of this show, to look forward to uh, the game this weekend. Um, this time last week, we touched on the fact that Pulis had left um, West Brom and the bookie's favourite, was the old silver dancing fox himself. And in a week that's seen, you know, two our two most recent former managers, well, apart from Frank De Boer, but I don't think he counts, um, rock up at other Premier League clubs, it's it's thrown in a big, uh, big handful of spice into what's normally quite a dull, dull fixture. So, uh, Chris, Alan Pardew, are you, yeah. do you feel betrayed? <laughs> um. No, he's not. He's not lost any of that humility I see from his interviews. It's uh, nice to see him turning up nice and humble after you know acknowledging his failures at Palace. Uh, as yeah, he is. yeah, very, very reflective, wasn't it? Those interviews. You watch, yeah. um, do you know what? He's he's not a stupid man in terms of the club he's picked because you know we we know over a period of time it becomes more and more apparent in a Pardew side that he has literally no interest in coaching a defence. So if you rock up at a former Tony Pulis club, you've got a good two years before that defence is wrecked by the lack of um, attention to it. Yeah. So and and you we know we know where you give Pardew credit is he's very good at motivating and organising an attack. Um, again, initially. So you know there's there's a lot there's a lot of good logic in appointing him in terms of West Brom because they've got a structure in place, and he will get a. a the bounce effect, if you like, um, hopefully not initially against us, but he will get a degree of, uh, you know, he'll get an upturn in results, I feel. Um, and it will take him a while before he ruins it. How, how, how did you like this, this particular quote? My best teams, and I can only talk about myself, play on the front foot and try and put teams under pressure. That's, so that's the, this is the bit that I like. They sometimes get a bloody nose in doing that. And that's what I'll deliver here at West Brom. He's promised. He's got in there, and he's promised bloody noses. Yeah. The guy's a lunatic. And with, with regards to our sort of league form, okay, the cup final, great, didn't win it, but thanks. You know, I wouldn't just. I wouldn't say we had a bloody nose by the end of it. I'd say we had barely a face left. Yeah, barely a face left. Several limbs detached. Yeah, like um, that woman who got attacked by the chimp. Like we were just <laughs> like horrifically scarred by his ten years. Absolutely right. Um, he, he, he again, we've talked about this when he was our manager. He thinks that that's normal. 
you know, and it's coming across again. He still believes it's normal to have good runs followed by terrible runs and that you should just wait it out because eventually it'll be good again. You know, that's that's his kind of footballing philosophy. And, you know, if, if his philosophy gets us beaten 5-4 by a terrible Swansea team, you know, I, 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 you know, to me, that was that's what signed his, you know, his death warrant, if you like, for Palace. It was that that type of performance. It was not being able to, not even being able to acknowledge the mess that it made of a, de- a defence that was working. Um, but, you know, I, I thought there was a telling sort of uh, sentence very early on that, in it, where he said, I can only talk about me. He's correct. He can only talk about him. You know, that's, that's his favourite job. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, that's often all he only does. <laughs> just briefly, whilst just diverting away from um, this, this weekend's game and the manager, Allardyce to Everton, um, that looked like it was going to happen and then it didn't happen. It's obviously, they've obviously literally found no other option and obviously gone back begging um, cap in hand and he's taken it you know again do you, do you feel uh, there's a lot of people on social media who feel a bit sore that he's come out of retirement so early I mean I, I didn't believe it it would last that long when he said it at the time do you feel again that he's been betrayed or we've well, been again, betrayed again I got I got a bit of info on this <laughs> so um, I'm full, oh, of, full of full of the inside info today he, he um I think, uh, first of all, I want to say that there's a few, fair few people on social media who've immediately gone, uh, talked about, oh, he couldn't work with Parrish, there you go, couldn't wait to get away. It's got nothing to do with that, right? It's, you know, Sam Allardyce is about money and he's about reputation, okay? Uh, he left Palace because he didn't want to fight relegation. Again, now you could argue, well, why has he gone to Everton then? He's gone to Everton because Everton are a huge club, right? If he sorts this problem out, it's something where he can finish his career on a high. You know, he there's a really appealing thing to him. It's nearer his family. It's, you know, it's a northern club. It's it's got everything going for it that Sam Allardyce will want. He won't want to finish his career keeping Palace up. He was very proud of that. I know he was, and you know, and I and I think it was a bit of a wrench for him to leave Palace at the end. But I don't think he ever saw us as as a, as a long term opportunity for himself. Um, and he had the opportunity to come back here as well and chose not to. But I think you can see the lure of Everton. They're spent, they've spent a lot of money already. They've got a good squad, but they, they've got even more money to spend. And Allardyce wants success. He doesn't want to finish his career being being a, a Tony Pulis, a man who comes in, firefights, keeps a club in, and then sods off until the next club's in trouble. He really will want to turn Everton into into a force. And he's got... with You know, with obviously, I... I love Palace, but I don't. I, I recognise that Everton have probably got a, a much bigger chance of becoming a big club in the short term than we have. You know, in terms of challenging the the upper reaches of the table. Yeah, fully agree. I mean, you know, they've they've, they've like I say they've spent a load of money. They've clearly got more money to spend, more than us. Um, historically bigger. I, I certainly don't begrudge him going. I'm not upset particularly upset that he left personally speaking I was never over enamored with the appointment I was quite vocal vocally against it and but same with Alan Pardew appreciated the job that he did and yeah. it seemed like we got what we needed out of it he got what he wanted out of it and you know best of luck to him apart from when he plays us absolutely um, mm. anyway back to Alan Pardew he has a a very worrying record of as we well know winning his his debut game at a new club um, is that something that concerns you? I generally thought you were going to say he has a very worrying goatee beard now. What is that about? Um, no, he. Uh, you're right. He does have a, have a very strong record, and that, you know that's the, the the bounce that I was referring to. He, he will get people motivated. Um, 
it is a concern. And, and we seem to be a, a club that has a habit of having to face managers in their first games or, you know, we very rarely see the end of a manager. We often see that the start of a new, a new one. Um, and West Brom have, have good players. They can hurt us if we're not at our game, you know? Um, and I, I look at people, you know, I, I think someone like Matt Phillips, who's there, really he's the sort of player who's going to benefit hugely from from working under Pardew for that initial period before it all goes horribly wrong and he gets sacked um, so yes it's a concern but if you look at how we're playing again it's an away game and Roy, Roy approaches away games very cautiously um, so it's, it's going to be a really interesting mix isn't it the way we, we're, we're not you know we're not really set up to play on the break where we have Loftus cheek out on the wing, um, so we're still so we don't counter attack anymore when we're away, but we, tr- we but we do try and build possession, just sort of you know through through the middle, yeah, to the wings if we need to. So, and, and I don't know how Pardew counters that. Do you know what I mean? He he's he's not got a team that are really set up to do anything other than play the Pulis way. He's not got an awful lot of time to change that. So I still yeah, I think feel... yeah, I think he only took training for the first time today, didn't he? It's you know he's not he's not been there since the very start of the week. So you'd like to think that that's going to go against them, and they'll still be maybe a bit. I'd say the the confidence might still be down, and they'll still be set in the old Pulis way, and we can go there and hopefully I'm 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 loath to say the word outclass them. <laughs> I think we can though, you know. And again, you look you look they got a. They put in a very decent performance against Tottenham, but then so did we. So I, I don't think we've got anything to fear in, in this game at all. Um, but it does depend, I guess, on on who we've got available because there's some some concerns that I know that Hodgson's got. Mm, right. Well, let's look at let's look at. You just mentioned their uh, result against Spurs, but yeah, that's a good point. I think it's, we should have equaled that, or at least got better based on our performance. But their last game was a two-all draw against Newcastle. And then prior to the Spurs game, they got tonked by Chelsea 4-0, which you can't really read too much into that because Chelsea obviously a decent side. They got beaten by Huddersfield at home. We can't laugh at that, obviously. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of joy here. And they lost narrowly um, 3-2 to Man City the game before that. So it's not not necessarily a bad set of results for them. They're not in the most rotten rotten state of form and then looking at our head-to-head um over the past six games there's three losses two wins and a draw so again that's you know that's a that's a mixed bag as well so it's it's i think it's quite hard to read into i certainly wouldn't want to put many money on anything um top scorer salomon rondon two goals top assists who's got that who's who's their top assister and how many have they got go I, i'm gonna guess ben foster with one <laughs> almost gareth barry with one, um, wow. Well, yeah. So that's the that's the attacking force that you know we're coming up against. <laughs> now <laughs> um, they scored their goals then, anyway. <laughs> yeah, that's what. Uh, to be fair, I then looked at our corresponding, um, you know, stats, and I think our I think our top assister was maybe Andros Townsend with two. It's like, but yeah. we scored more than two goals. So <laughs> I don't know how I don't know the, the letters of the the law here but um thinking about penalties and free kicks and stuff like that, I, I don't i just don't know i don't know it's a um, funny old game isn't it i've got some i've got some quotes from uh from roy if you want them yeah hit me up so uh the, the official site is, is <laughs> uh the palace site is reporting that um 
that Roy is playing the waiting game before selecting his squad. Um, so we've got, uh, after the Brighton game, Schlupp was absent from the first training. Um, Scott Dan, Johan Kabai and Luka Milivojevic have slight knocks and it will be a late decision on those. Um, and then, But the suggestion is that Benteke, after playing that full 90 minutes, is a lot sharper um, and is fit and ready to play. So there you go, a little bit of news there. Obviously, midfield perhaps a bit of a worry there with Johan and Luka out, Albert. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't even... I can't even comprehend what the alternatives are to that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> not going to say your favourite favourite matey boy. No. No. That's um, not alternative for anything. Really. Just, back, just back to Ben Teke, you know, I was surprised that he did 90 minutes on Tuesday. Did he look like he was struggling towards the end? or? Yeah, he was like he struggling the whole game, to be honest with you. He was getting a lot of stick from the crowd. He's, he's just not match sharp at all. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think that was true before he was injured as well. Um, I think he was probably carrying that injury, uh, but people have a real issue with him because, you know, they. I think again, I've said it before. They want, they seem to want a player to tear around at the top of the the pitch, and he's just never, ever, ever going to do that. But, you know, he does make decent movement at times, but he's got to up the, up the levels. And you know, I'm I'm sticking to the view that I think it's fitness. He's got to get himself a hundred percent fit, and then we'll see the Benteke that scored 17 goals last year which needs remembering. Uh, but currently nothing, nothing at all this season. Um, although some, some good signs, some of his hold up play, I've been relatively impressed with that. Yeah, I think I th- I, there's, there's a real, there's a real, real, I think over expectation on what they expect Christian Benteke to do. I mean, I've, not that I've watched Villa massively or Liverpool as such, but you know, even when we signed him, I knew we had a decent player, but I never expected him to be buzzing around and, and chasing lost causes. And in a way, you, you don't really want that. You, you know, you've got a, a striker that's clinical in the 18-yard box. I don't, I don't want him in the channels harassing and because then we, we're, we're toothless in the box because um, yeah. we're, we're not renowned for getting people forward and making late runs and getting on the end of crosses. You know, our, our focal point, whether it's been Glenn Murray or Cameron Jerome or Christian Benteke, it's always been, you know, or Shamak even. You know, it's it's you're the one that stands there getting a bit busy and trying to get a bit physical and let everybody else get the ball to you. So Yeah, and I, I, I'm, this is why I'm desperate to see him go back to the, the formation, the 4-3-3 rather than the 4-4-2 we've been employing. And, and, I've, and I'm a bit torn because I understand why Roy does it. He's got the 4-4-2 with Loftus-Cheek on the right-hand side because the full-backs need that protection and Loftus-Cheek gives protection in, you know, in a defensive sense. Not, not. It's not hugely keen on chasing back, but his physical size means he, he's he's useful out there. But I, and I know the four four two has kind of got us out of the, the the situation that we've been in as well. So that's why I'm torn. But I'm desperate to see that little shift of, you know, let's get Loftus Cheek as the one in and around Christian Benteke, and let's get back to having Townsend Zaha on the wings as as a you know as an, an attacking duo. That, that support not only their fullbacks but also support Christian Benteke from out wide as well. Have that pace and have that ability to break because we saw a lot of slowing the game down against Brighton when we were on the break. And that, you know, that cost us opportunities because Brighton weren't good. They were not as good a side as I, as I feared they might be. You know, they, they had a lot of weak, 
weakness in their squad. And I think if we were fully confident and playing a system that really suited the players, got the best out of Zaha and the best out of Townsend, we'd have smashed them. And the same goes for against West Brom. If we can get the best out of, uh, certainly out of Wilf, get him actually on the ball rather than running around trying to guess where the ball was going to come off Benteke's head, I think we've got a much better chance of getting something out of the game. Yeah, I certainly agree with you. I think I've I've been quite keen on the four four two the last couple of games, but against against uh, West Brom, I'd certainly like to go back to the four three three. We just need to find three fit central midfielders. Uh, I think we'll leave that there. After this break, we're going to come back and go through our predictions from last week and see what everybody's feeling about this weekend. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Homesdale Radio Preview Podcast Crowdfunded by Palace fans For Palace fans Okay, it's prediction time um, Big the big news I mean, in the headline for me Is that I predicted 2-1 last week Yes, it was because Tim did it And I just thought, he's doing alright I'll copy what he says <laughs> But ultimately, it's paid off um, we didn't have a preview show for the Brighton game, so we can't exactly go through uh, what we predicted there. Um, however, let's look at the prediction league. Um, like I say myself and Tim got it bang on with 2-1, but I'm still struggling down the bottom. Uh, Chris, you predicted a draw, so you got a point. You just didn't get the right score. Is that I? correct? I don't remember even filling it in, to be honest with you. That's what it says here, mate. It's what sweet, it says here, mate. Sweet. But right. top of top t- that that victory has taken Tim um, top of the league. Um, looking forward to uh, what's the game West Brom this weekend. Uh, we've just asked for a couple of very late on, admittedly. We've asked for a uh, some predictions on Twitter, and the few we've got here, we've got one Mark G. Grabino, one nil to us. Hennessy has a blinder just to upset Chris and Patrick. How do you feel about that? <laughs> Hey, kudos to Hennessy for his performance against Brighton. Very, very good, my man of the match. Um, listen, if Wayne plays well every week, I'll, I'll be a happy man. I, I don't rate him as a goalkeeper, as one of the guys who's clearly listening to the show in the um, in front of me uh, at Brighton turned around, said not bad for a shit goalkeeper. Um, was making a point to me there. Cheers, cheers, mate. I did call him that last week. But, um, yeah, look... If Hennessy has a blinder, I'm happy because it means Palace do well. But I, I but I don't rate him. Fair enough. Uh, Eagles Kev has gone one 0 Benteke. He's got to score eventually. Fair enough. Uh, Carl Babs underscore Babs has said no Terence on the pod, so we'll win two 0 Townsend brace. Uh, I like that. <laughs> uh, Mark Cole, if 
if Terence is still away, then we'll win. <laughs> it's a theme. It's a theme. I mean, I can't do this every week. I mean, I don't know if anybody else is available, but uh, and then looking at Facebook, looking at Facebook, uh, Steve Blackmore's gone for I think that's a two nil away victory. Alan Connolly's gone for one all. Simon Pizzi's gone one nil Palace. Mark Werner's gone two one Palace. Paul Barker's gone two one Palace. Matt Mitchell's gone four one. Well, I'll have whatever he's having. Uh, Matt Packham, 2-1 Palace, Benteke winner. Uh, James Partridge, any relation of Allen, we're not sure. Pardew has yet to destroy them. So the best I can see is a one or draw. Simon Pronger, that's a great surname. Really need points on the board, 2-0. New manager, Alan Pardew, I can see it all going wrong for us. I hope not. Build on the last clean sheet, 1-0. That's from Ben Hilton. And Ian Lyons sitting squarely on the fence, one all with some dodgy Pat Pardew moves on the touchline. I think that's um, that's nailed on for sure, isn't it? Um, Absolutely. Um, so looking at the predictions on our panel, uh, Terence, in his absence, has gone for two all. Uh, your Chris, I went to read yours out. Lucy's gone one all. Patrick's gone two nil win. Tim's gone two one win. Producer Billiam's gone three one win. Chris, what, I'm going to come, I, I'm gonna come to you. I'm going to come to you first because you're the only other person here. <laughs> Have I filled in? Yeah. Who's doing it on your behalf? Because they're doing all right. I, I think I might have filled in a whole load all at once, or Mikey's filling it in for me. One of the two. I'm not sure. Well, I'll tell you what. If uh, what you say now doesn't match with what's in front of me, you're out of the games, none and void. Well, it won't because I can't. Re- I've got no, literally no memory of writing anything. And you probably right, predicted okay. that Pupulis was still in charge. Exactly right. Uh, one nil Palace. Yes, that is what you predicted. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, I've gone. I've gone for a one nil away win, but again, that was made prior to the Pardew announcement. So I don't know if it's yeah, it's allowed. I'm in charge tonight. I'm going to change that to a one all draw. No bollocks. I'm going to go five four. It's going to be five four, and we're going to we'll make it in the ninety fifth minute. <laughs> Sweet. That's got to happen. Yeah. Imagine if it did. Be... I will give you £5 if that happens. Bakary Sacco winner in the 94th minute. I'll give you £10 if that happens. <laughs> that's worth way more than £10. Um, okay. I think we've rounded rounded all that up. I think that's probably a good place to leave it. We don't have... A, do we have a message? Hambo, do you want to do a message from the review show? Yeah. Well, I'll just do it live off the cuff. Yeah, I, I always do anyway. Hi, review show listeners. This is Chris Hambling from the preview show this week uh, you'll have just been listening to me talk an awful lot of sense and my panel embarrass themselves with the lack of football knowledge um, but I hope that doesn't deter you from joining us on the preview show next time out make sure you subscribe to our podcast on your podcast feed and this will drop into your inbox as soon as it's ready and what a privilege that will be so enjoy that my pro mate it was good wasn't it that was good okay so uh, I'd like to thank you, I guess. <laughs> I'd like to thank you. No, you just you did say thank there, didn't you? Yeah. Um, no, no away fan. Sorry about that. Um, producer Billiam in the background, as always. I think he hits record and then just comes back about an hour later. Um, thanks very much. Uh, yeah, just a quick reminder: do do there will be two podcasts in your inbox tomorrow while you're listening to this. 
now. So <laughs> you messed up, mate. There's another I... one. There'll be a, just scroll down. There'll be another one. It's the first of the uh, Homestead Radio content calendar. It's a daily podcast to celebrate the festive season, where there'll be a short interview with someone Palace related, but it's a player, an associated celebrity, or <laughs> someone else. Sometimes, Maybe... sometimes it's us. Sometimes it's a spoiler alert. Oh. <laughs> They're all chomping at the bit now. Anyway, anyone going to West Brom this weekend, for God's sakes, wrap up warm. And if you see a silver fox shaking his hips on the dance on the dance floor or the sidelines even, that'd be even worse. Um, for God's sakes, make sure you are, you are chaperoned at all times. Um, up the palace. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.